listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've returned for episode 405, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, what's going on? Let's keep it clean, you know what I mean? On the 405. But yeah, uh, yeah, dude, what you getting into this week? Uh, this week, I got to see the new Invincible, and um, I got to see uh, two episodes of Pluto. Ah, okay, 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 <laughs> cool. So we'll, we'll definitely do an... Uh, first impressions of Pluto. We're gonna save Invincible for uh, the weekend though, because I haven't caught that yet. For sure. But um, yeah, dude, do the Pluto first impressions. Uh, it was pretty. It's pretty good so far. Um, I I really 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 like their animation. That shit is it's like it's like they're flexing every single chance they get. Oh, bro, we're about and, to and get into with, it. with Studio Mappa, but yeah. <laughs> and um, I uh, <clears throat> I like the mystery they're setting up. With mm-hmm. the with the with this uh, whole Pluto Shinigami business, and um, <laughs> I call him Shinigami. <clears throat> no, that's what they called him. That's what uh, oh, the, the little one actually referred I to him it as. With the English dub because the English dub is actually really quality. Like uh, it's like Studio Ghibli quality. Um, dub on that. So um, yeah, I watched it in English. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, I didn't. What the fuck am I talking about? I watched it in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Did they call him Shinigami? I just. You know what it is? When I read subtitles, honestly, I hear it in English. I'm going to be 100%. Like, I don't even hear the the, the Japanese subs. You know what I mean? So yeah. they could have called them a Shinigami, and I totally missed it. Yeah, that's what the, the little kid robot called the, um That's what Adam called, called him? him what he saw him on the screen. Nice. Okay. Dang. I just, yo. Damn, bro. I just had a, a whole moment right there. I was like, holy shit. I, like, heard that whole series in English because I read it in English. But, yeah, they were speaking <laughs> in Japanese the whole time. Yeah, and um, it's pretty cool. I like the mess. The, um, uh, I heard uh, it in different voices and everything. That bro, <laughs> I was like, yo, the voice acting. No, nigga, you didn't even listen to the voice acting, bro. It was in Japanese. But, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, the, um, uh, the only thing I, I, I didn't really like about it was, like, I, I thought the... The pacing of episode one was was a little oh, bit story, too slow. Yo, yeah, no, the, the the story pacing is completely and utterly unlike anything that is like typical. Yeah, and um, I like I, yeah, the only thing was was just like man, I that whole section with um North number two, bro, that could have been like ten minutes, bro. It, <laughs> not only was it long, but it felt twice as long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like yeah. the episodes feel like they're two hours long. Like, they're, they're so jam-packed, you know what I mean? So I absolutely could understand that that sentiment because even as I enjoyed every minute of it, it I can absolutely say that it felt longer than it even was. So if you're, if you're just still, like, touch and go with it, yeah, no. It's, it's definitely tickling. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. uh, you like that? All right, all right, watch this. Yeah, no, I'm not giving you that, though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did like um uh, I I did like the story of the um of the the composer and, and the uh the PTSD bot that it that was pretty really, cool. It, I'm sorry, it just I, I 
it really was the the initiation of like the philosophical endeavor that this is going to be. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I I really like how it's the how su- the robot was surprisingly obstinate in in like the, in, in a really insightful way, and I like that he took the time to go do the work and actually and actually um did the research on the composer and actually helped him kind of break through his writer's block and shit. The, the whole story was really dope. It's, it's just, it, it would have, if it was truncated a little bit, it would have been more appreciated. I, I really like how when these robot AIs are kind of awakening to their sentience, they still find ways of balancing that with their programming. Like their programming is never really gone, even when they are awakened. Like, mm-hmm. and um, did they introduce... Uh, the brow two five nine. Uh, Is that the robot that murdered people? Yes. Yeah, they introduced him. So, even a fully awakened robot that has surpassed the the AI restrictions of you can't murder humans, still operates within a certain framework that is generated from its programming. And so, I really enjoyed the philosophical endeavor that is watching these AIs awaken within... So, like, you know, when human sentience awakened, it was within the the context of its environmental boundaries. When AI awakens, it's within the boundaries of its programming and how their AIs awaken in relation to that very much so. But, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much, and so it might be kind of nebulous what I'm saying, but you'll see that develop throughout each of the... Yeah, I mean, it it makes perfect sense. Um, Yeah. I like... um, but I did like episode two a lot better. I, I like uh, I like mm-hmm. Brando's story and, and Brando. How, yo, Brando's um, a motherfucking G, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he was really cool. I, I liked his story and him and her Heracles and how I I feel like his story was told much better because it was like it it moved from place to place. You know, what I'm saying you met Brando in the past Bro. and his relation to Mont Blanc, then you met his family. And then you find his motivations, and after he gets this new information, he's like, nah, nigga, I'm going to do something. I'm the champ. Bro, it's a, yeah, okay. So much happened in those two episodes. That's the crazy part. You know what I mean? Like, the episodes are, they're they're oddly paced, but they're really dense. You know what I mean? Like, you got a I mean, lot. Yeah, they are an hour long. Yeah, you know I mean? well, yeah, you know. Which is very atypical of, of um. Which is what I also appreciate usually. is it shows how much you can get done in an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people are like, yo, I got to have three-hour movies. It's like, yo, you should see what Pluto does in one hour because there's mad arcs within one hour. You know what I mean? And they're not even particularly fast-paced because some of them are actually kind of drawn out, as you talked about with um, North uh, 2 and, and, and his awakening in the composer. You know what I mean? That was actually the majority of the episode. But in yes, it was. the sparse <clears throat> images and scenes you got, that were like kind of tangential to the episode so much exposition yeah and that's really the 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 talent of of this uh particular mangaka is that he really does a lot with a little bit and he takes all of that extra time and those things that he spends a lot of time on are the th- are the themes that he really wants you to get and i i i've kind of sussed that out after watching all of pluto i really appreciate that um that style you know, it's very unique. Doesn't it's not gonna land with everything, you know what I mean? But he manages to do it. But yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, let's dig into whatever else you got out of those episodes. 
I mean, that, that was pretty much it. The, the, the episode one, like you said, the majority of it was just the story about the um the composer and the other robot. The rest was just the the, the preliminary inf- uh, preliminary preliminary in- investigation, which I would I would have hoped they they stayed on. <clears throat> but that um move forward a little bit more in episode two, and I I, I just m- much more like that pacing and sort of now that we're actually getting into it and. I'm I'm excited to see how the rest of the um just how sort of how it unfolds with with uh, Adam and Heracles going forward. And I think there should be one more that's missing too if I'm counting correctly. Yep. I think you'll be very satisfied with what you see. That's just my opinion. Um you know, I mean not the mantra, yeah, not to uh, interfere too much with your expectations, but yeah, dude, there there's so much more. I can't wait to do I I want to do the lore dive because there's so much world building that's going to happen throughout the the remainder of these six hours that you have left. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's like six hours. Like, holy, yeah, you could do a lot of fucking world building in that time, and it happens. And and you get resolutions, you get new like, it really is a complete arc. Like, there's so much going on. Um, I very much look forward to like actually just like piecing together what happened. You know what I mean? Because in the way that the storytelling is happen happening, it definitely doesn't do it in a sequential manner. So you're gonna have to put it together. You know what I mean? Like it'll give you all the pieces, but you'll have to put it put the actual story of what happened together. And so, you know, because you know different people are watching it, everyone's gonna have a slightly different. And so I can't wait to actually compare that once you have the whole picture. You know what I mean? Like I, that's really what I've been looking forward to. But yeah. I, I can't we can't do that without spoiling it so i'm gonna give you time to watch that for sure but um dude that yo uh how do they pronounce his name in japanese the main detective oh guess it guess it guess it he gives me very heavy big o vibes <laughs> do, hey, did you watch big o yeah i'm familiar with it the amnesiac hero who slowly realizes his purpose very big old vibes. See, that's already a spoiler because I didn't know he had amnesia. I am very sorry. <laughs> actually- it's all good. I'm not really tripping. You know what I mean? Like, I, you've been pretty excited to talk about this, so shit like that's going to leak regardless. Yeah, I apologize because there's so many. Because one of the main things that I see in this that I think has been very much overshadowed is the way he very artistically wove in all of the major uh robot slash ai tropes into this over overarching saga of a story you know what i mean and um you could tell his inspirations and i think that um did they introduce uh the the young boy character android uh yeah android adam adam yeah 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 when you see the exposition of his storyline and kind of like how he directly draws on um, some of the inspirations um, in terms of like character names and storyline and plot elements, you, I, I think that's like a flag to say like, no, 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 no. I am purposely drawing on um, very obvious um, tropes without the, throughout the genre. And you know what I mean? Like this, I really feel like that's a, a a very strong undertone to the overarching story that he wanted to tell, which is also amazing. Um, and so, yeah, that's that. 
that's the only reason why I had brought that up. But yeah, I'll, I'll wait till the end to do that because it is very spoilerish. Because yeah, and we don't want to yeah. retread too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give a nice big block for the audience and shit. And so yeah, that was that was super dope. Um, did you enjoy the the Invincible episode? Yeah, Invincible was was pretty good. It, it was uh. It was very funny. I, I enjoyed the... There were some good fights in this one. A little bit of um, character development for a homeboy, Mark. And some stuff with his moms, too. She She's having a pretty rough time. One of my favorite... I'm not going to lie, y'all. I do love fucking Mark's mom as a character. I yeah. really appreciate She's the in a tough spot. Grounding. She's in a tough spot. Yeah, man. And so, um, all right, cool. We'll definitely rap about that some more. But, you know, all right. So let, let's jump into something I alluded to earlier, which is like, man... These animation studios for the for animes, like we've talked before in the past about the um the uh committee model of funding where there's a lot of like uh decision making happening from people who are not directly affiliated with the production. Let's just say that Phillies. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um Studio Mappa is probably one of the preeminent studios right now for anime production. They've done some of the bigger ones, whether it's JJK, um God of High School, I'm pretty God. sure they also did Tower of God too. They've been they've been knocking it out of they've they've yes. had some of the 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 best like newer shonens in like the past four or five years. They've been they've been really hot. Absolutely. And I'm sure they've done some guests because I've seen their animation in animes that they aren't actually like main animators on. So like they do they they they've been doing a ton of fucking work in the industry. Um and it is, you know, as it is with most Japanese companies when you get hired, you sign a very stringent N- NDA. But um some of the creators of JJK have broken their NDA and spoken out on social media as to the relatively uh I I don't I don't know because I don't know the environment in which they work in, but like stringent work um requirements that are that are being passed down. I mean, for uh, like what we know of like animation and and, and production on very high end uh 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 IPs is that like oh well if it's made it goes through you know tons of like refinement and you know qa and all that kind of stuff and what they're saying is like nah man we're producing these things at such a fervent pace that we're producing them hours before actual premiere so like those you know some of the more recent episodes of jjk and things like that those things are only being finished in production hours before they air and it is and and that to me, from what I know of the general industry, would mean that they have a very tight production schedule. Like, very rarely would you just want to like approve something. You know what I mean for air hours before it goes out. It should go through a lot of other QA processing before that happens. You know what I mean? And so they they started speaking out as to like the. The, the very tight um, work conditions that they're working under. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Because they weren't even particularly, I would say, like, 
uh, I, um, descriptive of the of of the kind of crunch they go under. They were just saying like this shit can't happen anymore. You know what I mean? They they were expressing their feelings, which actually technically isn't even breaking the NDA, and it looks like the company is responding very, I don't know, negatively. Um, JJK season two is I think on episodes fourteen or sixteen. And uh, it's on seventeen, I believe. Seventeen, and it's I think it's been on put on indefinite hiatus, and unfortunately, because of the way in which the production model has been presented, it's very likely that the same animators that are working on JJK are actually working on a lot of their top end productions, and so it's like, you know. Just like in America, and this is not something that I'm going to point out as an exclusively Japanese issue. I'm saying that the prediction, the the particular expressions of the issue that's happening in Japan is unique to the culture that ha- that has been uh, fostered in that country. Similarly to how in America, the labor culture has been cultivated in a particularly passive way. In Japan, the work culture has been cultivated in a way that is put most of the onus on the worker that's a diplomatic way of saying that right you know like that doesn't sound like i'm 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 trying to because the thing is is that there's complicity on both ends because just like in any workforce if the laborers choose to come together the japanese government as is is mostly a pay for play model, and if workers choose to to coalesce, they can play. They can pay to play the game, and so yeah. But that Japanese culture doesn't think that way. Doesn't in general, think though. that way exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Doing something like that would be inconveniencing other people, and that so, is absolutely antithetical to how they're raised. And so they've cultivated a work culture that has become very susceptible to this kind of exploitation, which is. Studio Mappa being able to use their prestige to get people to sign NDAs that will subject them to work culture that is actually not, I think, indicative of their talent and skill level. You know what I mean? Like, why would you crunch the most talented people? You see what I'm saying? The Because of the certain cultural dynamics that, that happen um, in the society people will end up the, the best talent will funnel into the worst jobs and yeah, that happens all the time like um studio ghibli the yep. um the the i believe it was the previous owner was accused of like literally killing a lot oh, of their all, best animators Ohio works at a at a at a, <clears throat> at a suicidal pace mm-hmm. uh, it, it has been said before same thing with um i, I don't i want to say it was uh, akira as well they also had some reports mm-hmm. of like Really, really stressful times by some of the anime, but, I mean, but a lot of Jan- Japanese anime, yeah. um, workforces are known for being like slave drivers. The There's an reason- absolute reason why in isekais, one is like yeah. one of the top it's four trope, ways yeah. of getting there is dying from overwork. <laughs> and that's not to say that the only reason One Piece has been able to last so long is because Oda has evolved on his position, and actually, I think. From at least what he says in, I mean, I don't know what his private actions are, but from the way he speaks about it in in interviews, 
Oda tries his very best to at least hire enough people to not have to kill people through the work. Well, see, Oda's problem is he kills himself, not other people. Exactly. And they have to force him to get to other editors. Absolutely. That you know what I mean? Like, certainly a feature. Prior right? to about two or three years ago, my man did not take breaks. Nope. You feel me? He took, like, maybe out of the 47 or 48 issues of Jump a Year that would come out, Oda would guarantee have one piece in, like, every single one. But they started. he started to get a little bit ill and stuff, so... Um, as of about two, three years ago, he has mandatory breaks like every three to five weeks. And and that's what I mean. He's evolved on this. On yeah. Because he sees what he's doing to himself. <laughs> so what is that doing to other people? And it's also like family does that too. You yeah. know what I mean? When you get older a lot, and you have like a, a, um, a spouse and kids, a lot of times they simply won't sit by and allow you to work yourself like you would when you were a 20 year old. And and. I think also because of certain cultural proclivities, I think that the way that Oda does it by leading by example is the only way to, you can't protest in Japanese culture the way that you do in like other cultures. Mm -mm. The best way to do it is show is lead by example and other people will follow you. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I think is, I hope that studio Mappa sees that they have the industry dominance and to maintain that they have to evolve and they start taking at least some of the lessons from the longer running like i i don't know how the naruto animators are doing but i could only assume that there's been movement on that because they have survived maybe take some um lessons what the naruto animators did was filler and that's how they solve that. That's how One Piece solves that problem. Is you know, well is in episode filler, but it, it, I don't know if how much that um gives a break to the animators, but at least that gives your writers break. You know what I mean? Like it does because the reason why they're rushing is to maintain the pace for the um and so there you go, to keep up with the show. mangas. Mm-hmm. So by doing um. By doing filler episode, the pressure to do the high-level shit that you would need to do on, like, super important episodes isn't there. And as such, you don't need your best animators. There you go. And so, you know, maybe I hope that they choose. And, you know, for the anime fan, like, do you hate filler? Like, is fil- filler's not bad until it's, I like, do not watch right? filler. So, I, I do not watch it. If I find out it's filler, I will immediately stop it, turn it off. See, I'll watch a filler episode. What I won't do is watch a filler arc. And that was one of my main issues with Naruto. But they actually, like, they found interesting ways to do that, I find. It's because the filler arcs are very, like, they're filled with also interesting stuff that is not, you know what I mean, part of the main main story. So that's one way to do it. Um, but a lot of times they do, like, slice of life filler arcs. And so those are I'm less interested in. But if it's a filler episode, I'm cool. But I don't do filler arcs. Yeah, I, I just like sticking to the main story. You know, the the main reason the the what turned me off of filler was actually Naruto. It was like, it was the um I believe it was right after they all passed their exams and it was the trio was heading out on their first mission. And the next episode, they were helping some old lady with a pot, and that was before I understood the concept of filler. And I was like, what? the fuck is happening <laughs> what just happened you guys were just I'm, leading to a mission i'm not gonna front that was my introduction to filler and it was very jaunting i was like yeah wow dude they were doing some wild shit when i found ago. out what just it actually was ago. i was like yeah i'm not watching that i'm just interested in the main story when you guys are ready to get back to that i'll hop in bro you know and you know what the worst part is is that that definitely conditioned me to like 
farming content. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, no, um, so I I would hope that maybe Studio Mappa would do something akin to finding creative ways to lessening man. the burden the problem on is artists. greed man that's the only oh, fucking I mean, 100%. problem that's the only reason why they do because kaisen is hot like fire right now Listen. so rather than give their um uh, uh rather than give their animators a break they're like nah son let's keep cranking that shit out there's something about japanese culture that we have to understand as westerners that is fundamentally different the committee model is not the most profitable model to use when it comes to financing, especially something like a popularity-proven manga. Like, when you're adapting a popularity-proven manga, the global market says we has already demonstrated they will consume it en masse and they will pay for it. That's not the question. Why in the world, if you know that you have a popularity-proven manga that you would try to divvy up the profits of that amongst all of these things when you have investors globally who are more than willing to give you more than what's necessary for production. Netflix has been operating at a loss because they just understand that producing content is that valuable. (laughs) There is no problem in finding funding for things that are proven. And mangas, I think, are as... Okay, 2005, we might have been able to, like, ah, you're wilding if you think that manga's going to do good. You know what I mean? But this is 2023. Like, we know, like, you got a good manga? Oh, nigga, just put the money in it. It's there. People want it. It will be consumed. So the committee model is clearly not the best way of being profitable if you want to be profitable. And that's one thing you have to understand about the Japanese markets. They operate on their own market, period. And that's how most Asian markets operate for the most part, to be honest, whether it's China, Japan, Korea. And so, like, yeah, they're just not going to do things like that. And it's like, I just don't know how they get a labor revolution in that presence. That was the big point of of all of that, um, is that I just don't know how you get a labor revolution in that. You know? And so this is going to—I wonder— if this is just going to be like a moment where they learn the metrics of how much they lose when there's an animator walkout. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think that... Do you think that this is big enough to actually make some waves in the industry? Do you think that Studio Mappa going through this is, is capable of maybe bringing some kind of change to that system? Not at all, because this is just the latest of that particular report. You feel me? That's just the latest one to come out. I've heard multiple of them last year, and oh, before that, walkouts. Uh, um, not animator walkouts, but like of ex- like the animators pretty much going to social media and be like, "Yo, this is wild!" Like the amount of work that they expect us to do, and how little time off we have, and shit like that. So it's like it, that. It, it's just the state of the anime industry, really. So. Mm. Yeah, that's that's Have really you seen a question. I'm sorry, or or suspensions of shows due to that? Not due to that. Only due to like COVID. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing okay. I've seen, or like damage to the studio. It's the only thing I've seen actually stop um a production. 
Yeah, but if like usually after that it'll come back like mm, four, five, six the, months. Is, okay, it's only I think the story is only two days old, but I mean they, uh, they've suspended Jujutsu Kaisen indefinitely, and so you know that doesn't mean it never coming back, but it means that they have no idea when it's coming back. And mm-hmm. I, I if there's any overlap between those animators that walked out on JJK and some of their other bigger uh, productions. Because of uh, of Mappa's uh, industry dominance, I would hope that m- even if they don't get it right, I hope other studios would preempt a walk. Because what I think is like it's not worth losing the production schedule, especially on things that are currently supposed to air. And that's the dangers of finishing things, you know hours before they're supposed to air you know what i mean like when you have your whole season done and you sell it as a package something happens the season's gonna pan out but something like this actually stands for them once they have like they have to reschedule all the airings now they had slots planned and and stuff sold like this is this fucks with their money heavy and i can't imagine any studio being willing to to go through even the the uh the prospect of that happening because let me tell you map is gonna pay dearly for this and and i oof, i don't i don't know how they're how this is good the blowback is gonna hit the 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 animators you know what i mean because i'm telling you this is an expensive walkout it's yeah. very expensive. I mean, but th- this is Japan too, so most likely the head person in charge will just take the L and resign from it. And Mitsubuku, yeah, smell nah. your guts. <laughs> they don't go that far anymore. But <laughs> essentially, the um, uh, uh, as they would say Japanese, like societally, they would. You know what I mean? Like they, societally, killing someone is a thing in Japanese, where just you're just nobody fucks with you. You get blacklisted. So that is. Unfortunately, the reality of the situation is, is like stuff like that. It's super easy to just like cut the head off the horse. I mean, cut the head off the Leviathan and just the horse. Cut the head off the Leviathan and just like Listen, you're, move on. You're massacring all kinds of animals and <laughs> mythical beasts here. I just fucking, you know what I'm saying? Just, just cut it off, replace it with somebody else, um, rewrite the rules of your NDA and just fire the people involved. Let the other people know how strong the new NDA is. Unfortunately, there's a lot of ways for this to not change, right? It really takes like we need someone that that's like understand the the how the Japanese labor shit works because right now it's going through a lot of upheavals, especially with the new law that I believe they successfully passed. That's going to fuck with a lot of the anime and manga industry because it's um it's changing the invoice system. That's changing how like creators are paid and stuff in Japan. So. Ooh. Okay, yo, definitely did see. That's one that I would have loved for you to do a little research on and bring to the table because that that is huge. I'm actually gonna look that up so that we could definitely deep dive into that because, um, changes the re- that is super important because the Japanese animation market actually has a lot of reverberations in the animation market globally because everybody's of the type of industry dominating anime. Exactly, a, a lot of a lot of inspirations in terms of storytelling, um, and 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 taking cues from episodic content is coming from anime. 
just like a lot of the financial uh, financialization models are coming straight from Japanese mobile game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the Japanese market is very uh, uh, powerful in giving indicators of how you can operate in an, in a, uh, in an environment where you are industry dominant. Because Japan is a lot more susceptible to, like, consolidation of industry. And so you'll only get one, one to three providers on any given industry of anything, which is not, you know, indicative of a healthy competition market. But given the state of global capitalism, that's how the state that most companies are operating in globally, where they're one of three to five uh, uh, providers unless the country that you're trying to operate in has protections against that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, the Japanese market is is is, is very powerful in that it, it tends to set trends. It's a trendsetter in the market. That's what I'm trying to get at. The Japanese market is important because it's a trendsetter. It doesn't give good social indicators, but it definitely is, is, is powerful in, in determining how... Uh, 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 policy will have ramifications and trends so yeah um hopefully you know the studios take the cues from the the walkout and try to i don't know maybe mitigate that through some positive policy to it i mean that's such wishful thinking we know that's not what they're going to do right we know they're going to take the the corporate enterprise uh, 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 a way, and that is to try to just disempower the worker as much as humanly possible, so that they their walkouts are less meaningful. But in a optimal situation, in an opti situation, as Punk would say, in an opti move, they would they would counter with something that puts them in neutral. You know what I mean? Like if we want to use the FGC terms, yo, not to yo, Punk has been yo. He's a monster cleanup player. Yeah, he is. Because they like on his um his the Capcom on on the current tournament team he's in, he's playing um uh, fourth man. So whenever there's a a toss up situation, which is frequent because the teams are pretty evenly matched, <laughs> it's him. And this nigga's cleanup game is nasty, just nasty. His cami is stupid. But anyway, back back to more serious situations. I hope. I hope the best for the Japanese animators in their labor uh, struggles. Um, I show solidarity with them just like I do any other global label market. But yeah, I thought that one was super relevant. But uh, other than that, let's go ahead and hit up some of these here topics because we move quick from Pluto into some some heavy stuff. So yeah, man. Um, dude, there's a bunch of shit I wanted to talk about. Um, here, let's start with... The, dude, did you see the, the, Golden Ga- the Golden Joystick Awards? No, I didn't. Bro, so we all know that Game War Awards are trash for determining, like, what the best is of any particular genre or industry. Like, that's not what they're there for. I particularly think that Game Awards are important for exposure. Like, they're really good at spotlighting things, especially things that are uh, exemplary despite, you know what I mean, um, maybe not having the marketing or the overall budget to to support it. And, of course, that ultimately shines light on the developers and people who are involved in that game's success. And so that's the only reason why I watch them. You know what I mean? I always got to give that disclaimer because award shows are trash. 
And I think that particularly video game awards are, are terrible because there's no real definition of the genres. So you'll get games like Life of P in the Best RPG of the Year awards. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is the definition of RPG? Which, you know, I appreciate it for some degree because it gets me to think, you know, more, you know, genuinely of like, like what is an RPG? And I find like there's generally two perspectives of what an RPG is. And it's like a game that allows you to play either uh, a character role or a narrative role. So like my traditional understanding of RPG is that it's a game that allows you to play multiple narrative roles. Or you can control characters in multiple narrative roles. Whether you get to move perspective of characters or you get to control the other characters in your party, that is an essential function of what an RPG is. No matter how it's expressed through action RPG or, you know what I mean, in the way of Final Fantasy Seven uh, Remake or in turn-based or C RPGs in, like, Baldur's Gate, it's it's... Uh, RPG to me is something that allows you to change narrative roles. So any character, any game in which you have one character mainly, whether you get to control their stats or not, is not technically an RPG. You have one role. You know what I mean? And then there's some people who believe that RPG has to do with the immersion into the role of the character you're playing, which is a character. You know, RP. You know, an RPG to some people is like do. Am I immersed in the character or am I am playing a team or something of that nature, something broader in which I am more of an omniscient figure and I'm not immersed in any individual character. So I don't have a role in the game outside of being like uh, a third person. So, you know, I appreciate that, you know, it creates the award shows, create those kind of debates and topic, you know, uh, deep dives. But, you know, for the most part, that's about all they're good for because boy, oh boy, you know, like as you can imagine, Baldur's Gate sweet, uh, 3 swept, swept the Golden Joystick Awards, won everything pretty much that it was any, every character, every category that it was a nominee in. This is the way. And so, you know, it was obvious. And, and, and so you saw that there was a lot of um, frustration because. There were some categories where in which I definitely thought that it wasn't necessary to nominate it in because there were games that were better than it and focused on it. So, like, in music design, Baldur's Gate 3 had great sound design. I felt like there was a lot more games that were focused on the sound design um, that utilized it in a more immersive way that they could filled out that category without drawing on Baldur's Gate 3. You know, even though I did think that it belonged in the voice acting category. Like, the voice acting in Baldur's Gate 3 was... Epic. Yes. Exemplary. And so, um, yeah, you know, Golden Joysticks was interesting. Um, I think that there's... Um, they announced the nominees for another award show that's supposed to be happening um, in early December. And, you know, I I don't know. I I think that the real value of any of these shows is in the indie area, but then they do things like put games from Studio Nixon in this indie de uh, development category. And if you know, in Studio Nixon is not an indie. It's a huge, huge, huge studio. Um, 
in the indie category, and it's just like, you know, guys, you're really you you're you're going out of your way to make yourself irrelevant. In the few areas, like I watch streamers who are who have bigger followings than the streamers that are nominated in their streamer of the year category. Like it, it, it's just weird. It's like it's too disassociated from the reality because this information is too quickly disseminated uh, on the internet, and your audience are people who range from, you know, frequently on the internet to terminally on the internet. So you can't expect them not to be able to to suss out like, come on, guys, this is purely bought, man. It doesn't make any sense, and that's that that's a shame because if they would just embrace what they're there for the game game awards would be awesome but yeah that is what it is i know you don't too frequent game awards you don't listen to those things um yeah, i didn't even know what happened yeah yeah golden joysticks just passed and um i i i promise you i will i will alert you to the day in which they have taken their job seriously because i promise you you will enjoy them given that situation <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's the worst part. Is like I feel like people like you would totally enjoy Game Awards if they weren't trash. Like if they were good productions, you'd find no reason not to watch them. Right. But it's like they've given you every reason not to watch them by filling with shitty dad jokes and <laughs> and pay for play slots. And it's like, guys, what the? Yeah, it's just it's such amazingly bad marketing. They need to hire Will Smith to come up there and smack somebody. That's what they need to Bruh, do. It, that's a meme, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> That's, bruh. It, it is. You want it is, your award show to pop? Is sad. Hire Will Smith. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, that went down. Um, what else been going on? Um, did you see this whole controversy with the completionist? No. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. I did. Uh, uh, um, the escapist. You mean? No, no, no. What is the completionist? I'm not the familiar with that. The completionist is a video game YouTuber who plays video games, I assume, to completion. I don't actually watch his channel. But um, he seems like a decent enough guy. He's very popular. He, he has many leather-bound books. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's really big in the scene. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a, there was a dust-up, I think. And because he's such a large YouTuber, it's gotten, I think, a lot of air and I think it's really because of the culture around YouTubers and YouTube takedown culture. You know what I mean? Like, there's a really a lot of, I guess, social capital in the YouTuber sphere of exposing people and taking someone who's bigger than you down or someone who is large enough down. And it sucks because I... It's, this is a situation where I think it was more gross negligence than malice. But yeah, here, let me give a little bit of background on it. So The Completionist is a very popular YouTuber. And evidently, he's had some personal experience in his family with dealing with dementia. And so he's been um doing... Oh, the dude who lied about the donations. See? Yeah, the, ah, damn. See what I'm saying? Like... Even tangentially, you've heard about it. That's how popular he is. And so he has been doing, well, so he's been doing fundraisers for dementia patients. 
he had went as far as starting a foundation that is supposed to be directing these funds for these fundraisers that he's doing. Now, of course, he's not the executor of this charity. He is a public spokesperson of this charity. So ultimately, he's not responsible for um for the actual distribution of funds, but he's putting his public clout behind it. So he bears some responsibility to at least hope to verify whether the foundation is is doing what it says it's doing. So he's raised funds in other capacities and so forth for other foundations that have, I mean, are, I guess are more, um, have already been verified in their execution of funds. But I don't know what had happened, but somebody caught wind that, so what's up with your foundation? And so because it is a uh, publicly filed, I think, 504C uh, nonprofit corporation, it is all of his financial records are publicly disclosed. And so, you know, internet nerds did internet nerd things. And so they went and saw, oh, so your foundation has recorded and has bank statements showing executors and operating costs and donations, but uh, no disbursements. What's going on? So, of course, now, from what I understand, evidently, some of these guys who were kind of coming at him, um, which I, I just felt like the framing was kind of antagonistic, but uh, from Mudahar, from ordinary some ordinary gamers, um, they were kind of put. They they contacted him and were talking to him about it, and they published, you know, not just the statements that they that they made about it, but also the the audio. And you know, they're asking him like, so so what's going on? And and not for nothing, you know, TLDR. You know, a, f a few things he said were kind of damning in that they were kind of negligent. But overall, I did not get the kind of malice that seemed to be put on him as the spokesperson for this. And ultimately, the one thing that he said to me, or, or that he said in general, that to me, I took as kind of um, exculpatory, is that... It is very frequent that when you are attempting to move the needle on a large scale problem, you know, not something like, you know, donating to a food bank or something like that. Like every little donation to a food bank or a local uh, uh, cause is necessary and should be immediately dispersed. But when it comes to donating to large medical funds, donating $36 at a time doesn't do shit. That is truth. It really doesn't. Donating $500,000 at one time will absolutely move the needle somewhere on something. And so his explanation was that all the money is there. 
No money was stolen. But all of the individual... It is true that all of the individual donations, as they were told, like, you're donating directly to this, you weren't donating directly to that. You were donating to a fund that was conglomerating capital to move the needle on something. And so therein lies the discrepancy in his promotion versus what happened. Technically, no money was stolen. The IRS show, um, filings show that all the money is there minus the, the, the operation costs of, of the charity, which is the vast majority of it. And so he has, and so what, uh, I think his name is Gerard's, uh, explanation was is that we are saving we're, we're conglomerating the money to make a large donation that's the only reason why it's still there now should that take anywhere from five to three years in some cases you'd hope not you'd hope not that's gen genuinely the case but for something like dementia that ain't going no fucking where i don't know man i'm not gonna beat him up about that i'm absolutely not gonna beat him up about that and I'm absolutely going to say that we should look towards bigger sharks in the sea or fish to fry or whatever euphemism we want to use when it comes to charitable fraud. Especially because in the audio recordings, man, boy, was he desperate to get right with this. You could hear the desperation in his voice. That he wanted nothing more than to give all of that fucking money away if he could. He would give all of that money away on the dime if he thought that that would change the circumstance. But he's so paralyzed by indecision because he doesn't know what the right way to go for it is. Because if he gives all the money away, then he shows some, some you know, complicity, I guess. Which, honestly, in my opinion, just my opinion, I don't hold him to this. The right thing to do is, is as soon as someone complains about it, give the fucking money away. Don't ask. Don't. Doesn't matter. If you look bad, you look bad. But no one's going to complain if you write a five hundred thousand dollar check to a cause that you said you were going to write a five hundred thousand dollar check to. What they do to it, shit. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully it happened and it's executed properly. But at the moment when people call you out, if you have the power to do that, I would put my foot down with whoever I'm in contact with at the thing and say, write the fucking check. If you don't write the fucking check. All of the goodwill that I've garnered for your company is gone anyway. So if you ever want another $500,000 out of this, this outlet, write the fucking check. You've already been able to cover your operating costs wholly from this account. Just write the check. You know what I mean? That's me, personally. I don't hold him to that, though. And I understand his trepidation. Because guess what? He had a heartfelt conversation with these niggas, and guess what they did? They went and blasted him on the internet. They didn't even, I don't even know if they gave him a few days to take care of it. It looks like this shit, because let me tell you, Mudahar don't play, man. He be putting out them videos on the reg, bro. He quick on his turnaround. So, you know what I mean? I thought that that was, that was a rough one. I think, honestly, at worst, it's, it's negligence. Because, and, 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 and this is the thing is, um, I, this is my stance very typically when it comes to people is that I want to be ruthless with institutions, be kind to people. And in the case, this case, it's like 
He's just a public face. He's not the institution. Let's not conflate the two. You know what I mean? Um, in a bigger case scenario, I might be more apt to say, nah, y'all should be doing better. But in this case where, where the funds are there and there's a, a valve to put pressure on it to get the money in the right place, isn't that the goal? You know what I mean? Like, what is our goal with being critical of, of, of Gerard, the completionist here? Is the goal just to shame him? Or is the goal to get the money in the right place? Because I feel like in the, in the, the, the journey to get the money to the right place, if we shame him first, we have decreased the possibility of that happening. Does that sound crazy? I don't really think so. I mean, if you double down because somebody's shaming you, that's on you, really. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. But if you've been shamed, what's the... Because this is the thing, is that the internet's not a place for forgiveness. Yeah, I feel you. Once but, you've been shamed, then it's all But out. I ultimately feel like whether or not you're going to do the right thing, it doesn't matter whether you were shamed, humiliated, mistreated, whatever. You're going to do the right thing because you want to. Whether or not At that point, you're choosing to do the wrong thing despite people because they shamed you. And, you know, that is what it is. But the thing is, is that he's using influence and not power. And that's the thing is, is like, if he's going if, if to have any effect on where the money goes, he's, he's only using influence. And so, you know, the right thing. I mean, I'm not really speaking person. on whether what he's going to do or any of that. I'm, I was just specifically answering yeah. that one question regarding, like, whether or not the shaming thing would cause whatever, whatever. I just don't think that way. I, I generally don't think that you should, your actions should be defined by self, not by outside influence most of the time. Mm -hmm. Feel me? That's yeah. just why I feel that way. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the only nuance I was throwing in there is that he doesn't have the executive power. He's like trying to pull levers. And while he might be able to pull the right levers, yeah, I guess you're right. It's just like, didn't just do that. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's like you said, like, what is the point, right? Do you want to shame him or do you want him to do the right thing? Ultimately, you have to understand that there ain't one answer to that question, right? There's both. Yeah, so it's whatever. There is both. So it depends on who you're talking to and who answers yeah. that question. So in that case, really, it's really about the individual listening to this. How do you feel and what do you want to do about it? In that case, it's like... Which is why I'm generally nigga, like ambivalent. you said at the beginning, he's not the accountant. So you know what I mean. At the, at best, you could be like, nigga, you should have known better. You 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 went to the Cesar Pena School of or the uh, DJ Envy School <laughs> of, of, of fucking business partners. You should just know better, Envy right? But like you said, partners. this is the internet. So the internet, it, it's all about finger wagging and shaming people, not necessarily about understanding your problems and your situations and why which is, you did what you did. Yes, which is why I'm ambivalent to what Mudahar did because. While I that's not the route I would have taken, that that's the environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it's the business model. Well within well within reason to do so. You know, but yeah, you know, just because I give them, just because I give them an ablai, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on people who are being heavy on him. But boy, man, I mean, yeah, he should he should. I mean, it's a rough one. I I sympathize with him. Not that I've ever been in that situation, only because I. <laughs> Yo, we're raised Jamaican, yo. It's just like, yo, bro, do the right thing or shut the fuck up. Because nobody's gonna nobody's gonna poo-poo if you do the wrong thing and you get bought up for it. No, yep. you deserve the bought up. Yep. That's why you should have never do the wrong thing. You know what yep. I mean? 
And yeah. it, it's like, you know, if you're going to put your face on something, it's up to you to do your due diligence. You feel me? Like yeah. that, that's, you're literally being like, hey, I said this shit is okay. So if you didn't check to make sure that it was okay, nigga, that's your bad. Yeah. So he should have immediately, he shouldn't have talked to no internet sleuths or nothing. He should have just talked to them niggas at the, like, that was just his spoken bad. to the internet Like, you know these niggas are heartless. The Not minute the that, internet though. people called you up, you should have been like, hey, click, I'm going to go talk to the accountant. Let me holla at you. You feel me? I am the Bro. spokesman. I, I can like- tell you how much they paid me to do what I did. I can't tell you what they did with the money, even though I should be able to, because I'm coming here telling you to give me your money because it's going to this place. So I should know where it's going. So that is on me. But if it ain't going where it's supposed to go, nigga, talk to them niggas moving the money. Bro, and so it, either he's a good actor or he was being really sincere. Like, boy, oh boy. You could hear it in his voice. He's like, he's begging these guys with whatever little yeah. influence he has. He's like, he's, just he's give hearing... me, can you please let me fix this without going to the fucking public? Yep. And they're like, mm. He's that's hearing why, you his know YouTube channel get demonetized. He's hearing the feds knock on his door. He's Bro. hearing all kinds of shit. Uh, and I'm, oh, yeah, no, no, charitable fraud. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. If it was actual fraud, which, God, no. thank goodness. Of course it that is nigga not was scared on the phone. Committed. What he has done is not fraud. It's just relatively unethical because it, of the transparency issue. There is nothing unethical about amassing funds to donate a large portion at one time. It's unethical not to be uh, upfront with people to... Uh, uh, with that they are donating to an overall fund and not direct donations to a cause. Yeah, that's I mean, the only issue. What he should have done is just fraud. put that shit in small print on his website. That would have saved you all this fucking problem. This is why I don't think it's malice because I don't even think he fucking knew. Oh, of course not. The difference of what that he was fraud. doing. Like I said, he's not the accountant, or like you said, he's not the only accountant. Weirdos like me read shit like you that. Feel me? He's you know not what the I mean? accountant. That's not really his job to know that. When you're paid, when you're paid as a spokesman for something, they're not giving you the intimate details of the company. Yeah, you know, not a lot of people actually read the 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 actual guidelines and policy decisions about what a nonprofit is. Because that's essentially what happened is, is that he became a spokesman for a nonprofit, which made his words liable to legal definition. The words he was using were not accurate to legal definition, and so now he's opened himself up to liability. And it's just like, ah! See, and then niggas want to tell me I'm weird for fucking knowing so much about random shit. It's like, no, because I never want to be subject to that. I never want to walk face first in some bullshit like this. You know what I mean? God forbid I ever become popular enough. You will. Ne- I'll never run into a problem like that because, you know, you just got to you gotta pay attention to stuff like that. Even when it seems nonsensical, catalog it in the back of your mind because, boy, oh, boy, does, I'm sure he wishes that he would have just paid attention like, ah, Direct donations versus donations to a fund are technically and ethically different, and we need to put that out in a fucking fine print or something. Or I could just say it. Most people don't mind. I guarantee you 99% of the people who donated to that fund, if told what was going on, would be absolutely okay with it. That were Because you can't buy a fucking MRI machine with $32, and that's one of the things you might need to get in reference to the type of research that they're doing. You know what I mean? So most people understand that. And so, yeah, it just sucks that just a little bit impertinence about his wording 
is leading him to a world of fucking hurt. And what I would genuinely say is unnecessarily, uh, 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 probably loss of, of, I think, goodwill in the community. Because most people are going to be guided by the headlines and not the the reality of the situation. It's like, dude, he is at worst negligent. <laughs> and if that's the worst thing, trust me, you should see what the people who actually don't like you are doing. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who are who we need to deal with and who we should be deplatforming as much as humanly possible and not allowing themselves to reputation launder through through charities. But... Ah, the completionist. <sighs> Lightest defender. That's that's definitely low on the priority list in terms of dealing with it. And even though, you know, I feel like and, and the thing is is I feel like his issue could have been was was handled with the initial uh contact. You know what I mean? Like the whole punitive measures that are going through now, he listen, I, I'm pretty sure that he's decided never to do this again a long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the effect of what we wanted to happen, far gone. Carrying through with the punitive measures kind of seems... This is why it's important when you have a lot of bread to have a personal lawyer. Don't be talking to motherfuckers about financial matters on the phone that you don't know. The fuck is you... Nigga, what? It's like talking to the cops, nigga. You don't know them motherfuckers. Dude, and that's you don't the know thing. why they want that information. They, they can tell you why they want that information, but you don't know that it's true. See, people don't seem to understand the problem with the police isn't the institution. It's the mindset. It's the mindset. Like, yo, my nigga, having friends that 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 would do that to you, because, like, that's the thing is, like, I'm sure he took that call because he was like, nah, Muda, he's he's an impartial third party. He'll see that there's no negligence, there's no malice here, and give me a chance to make this right before he, like, puts me on Belize. No, not when your homeboys are police, my nigga. And the whole, some people's whole journalistic inclination is more in line with policing than it is with information dissemination. And that's the thing is, is like, I'm not telling Muda don't put the story out, but a little bit of journalistic integrity would have said, no, you give this person a chance. And and that's that and you do that so that when you do put the story out and it does look malicious, there is clear, you know what I mean, motivation behind it. You know, like when 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 journalists are are well, when I say journalists, I mean real journalists, not video game journalists or internet journalists. When journalists who have gone through schooling and have you know an ethical background do things, they they are taught in the the way of letting people hang themselves. It's like, you're not here to prosecute nobody as a journalist. It's not your job. Your job is to elucidate information. And the best way to do that is to allow people to do what they're going to do. Let the police do what they do. If the police talk to you, then it's incumbent on you to operate within the law. But it ain't your job to prosecute nobody. And that's what I don't like about what went down, honestly. That's that's, that's the, the other side of my ambivalence where... I understand what he did, but I don't like how he prosecuted him. That's not a journalist's job. And as internet journalists, hold yourself to ethical standards because there is no ethical body to oversee. You know what I mean? But yeah. Damn, okay. I guess I had a lot more to say about that than I thought because that, that was a minute. But yeah, let's move on from that. Other shit's been going on. Um, Yeah, dude. Uh, Dude, 
Did you hear about Andre 3000's new album? It's actually by the time we talk about this, it'll be dropping. So I'm gonna definitely have something to say about it next episode. But did you hear about uh, him releasing a new piece? I did. Yeah. No raps, nigga. All flutes. Yeah, that is what I heard. One of I, my... I, I thought it was a meme, bro. So there's like three instruments that I think that like outside of drums, obviously, are included on most of my favorite rap tracks. And that is the trumpet. I love trumpet. Classical piano. And fucking the flute, bro. And that weird little flute. Yeah, bro, SNL, did flute. A, SNL did a sketch about that. Bro, a hard flute solo. That, like, that. I think that's what carried Mask Off into another, another, like, that beat for Mask Off was so universal because it was a very simple beat, but that flute solo that they fucking looped, stupid. Yeah. And so, example. like, the flute is one of those three instruments that I think is is amazing. And Andre 3000 on the flute, mixing those two acumens, I am so excited to see what he does. Bruh, I can't wait to see... I, I really hope that he's open to rappers just jumping on it and grabbing the you know some of the beats hopefully letting DJs remix cuz yo this album I think is going to be the inspiration for so fucking much music I'm going to ingest it and learn it because I think in the next 10 to 15 years we're going to hear a lot pulled off of this album in 6 to to 16 second increments yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that's the, the the way that they do samples, but whatever sample standard sample lengths are, we're gonna see it like sampled very heavily. And I hope that Andre three thousand is open to to letting people use that shit because let me tell you, that's one thing I learned from Caribbean music. You know, you put one person makes an ill rhythm, yo, everybody jumping on it. You know, what I mean, I I hope that that foster this that fosters that kind of culture. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that Andre 3000 joint. We'll definitely look forward to the deep dive because I'm going to listen to that heavy when it drops. But um, yeah, I want to see what other rappers do over it, man. Definitely here for the flute solo. Um, and this ain't no skin flute solo. Just a regular flute solo. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, that's going to uh, be awesome. Okay. So did you hear about um, this move, new movie that's dropping? Um, the American Society of Magical Negroes? No. It 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 it's the the title says it all. <laughs> it is a fantasy sci-fi joint featuring black characters and magical tropes. But I do not think that this cast holds the black cred to carry that name. It it's ooh ah I I'm not sure how does that make you feel does it, does the title strike anything in you like not particularly I mean it's obviously a title that's doing you a know lot. The, it, no it's a title that's doing the obvious it's it's doing the most of the sense that yeah. Yeah, that'll get him type shit. That's all it seems to me. That's the only thing that really jumps out at me. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're trying super hard. So yes. the only thing is, like, the concept has to they match. Try hard five. Like, um, the thing is, I feel like that title only works ironically. So 
they really have to like match that energy essentially see the thing about the blackening that i think made it so good is that it was casted with a bunch of people who at very least consume black culture so they can act in it. Now, I'm not doubting how anyone's blackness, anything of that nature. I'm just saying there is a clear dichotomy between people who consume black culture and are part of black culture and black people in America who consume other cultures and reflect those cultures. And what was so great about the blackening is that it, it got people who were who had genuinely consumed or created black culture to participate in it. And so when it used hard tropes and reference to them, they were salient. And 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 that and it even takes a name like the blackening, which would strike similarly like racial tension vibes as a as a, a title as well, I think that a title like The American Society for Magical Negroes has particularly racially charged language in it, more so than the blackening. But I could see parallels, you know what I mean? Only because America has never, has never had a good relationship with mythologizing black people. It's always I mean, been at the ultimately detriment. that that regardless of who's in it, because I don't really like to like prejudge a movie or before it comes out or anything like that. It really depends on who wrote it more than anything else, right? Okay. Like, um, if like get him saying like if Spike Lee wrote a movie like that, I could understand why Spike Lee would have that title absolutely, absolutely. based on his body of work. That mm-hmm. title means something. Yeah. So without further context, I wouldn't be able to really place it anywhere beyond what i said initially so absolutely. it would actually, really be would something googling it real quick just just so that we can add that context because you're absolutely right um, that is super salient and i should have looked deeper into it i was kind of brick walled by that name like i was just i kind of smacked against like the thing is though that's what? the point of that name yes that, that I, I know, name is specifically meant to grab your attention and force you to look at it so my thing is why Gotcha. And so I'll be interested understand in understand if it. you if you properly elucidate why and make it make sense within the context of your movie, it's all all's well that ends well. Absolutely. And 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 so no, I think that's a super salient point and super important. Um because you're right. It it strikes me differently if Quentin Tarantino writes that title than if Spike Lee writes that title. I take them very differently. You know what I mean? There is someone who lives black culture. And somebody who experiences and consumes black culture. Very different. You're absolutely right. And so, so you're the absolutely writer director is Kobe Libby, spelled K O B I L I B I I. Googling that person now. Okay, yeah. I'm not familiar. Not familiar. Definitely not one off. I'm the not top. familiar with him either. Is that a is that a I don't want to make any assumptions because it sounds Middle Eastern to me. L I B I I. This is a, 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 a American comedian actor from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Ooh. Um, Bill is a wait. Uh, yeah, he, he looks like he's an actor comedian. Okay. So so. Or at least that's what um. What was that? Wikipedia is saying about him. That so that's that's some 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 context to it because 
at least it'll be it's trying to be funny more than fantasy. Is that better? I don't know. I it, think the it, title it's, it's impossible to judge piecemeal. Yeah. You gotta see it whole. We're you gonna have me? to watch. This. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch this shit. Are you gonna watch it? Does that sound like something you would? I'm gonna have for? to see the trailer. You feel me? I can't. Trailers, that, okay. That title don't mean shit to me. I gotta look at it and see. Does it look interesting? Does it look stupid? All right. So does you know, I'm gonna, whatever, whatever. I'm gonna reserve this conversation for, for at least after the trailer watch. Yeah, there is a trailer. I, I gotta so. I gotta see where their head is at. All right, my bad. We two on the spot with that one. So <laughs> we're gonna talk about that next time because definitely the trailer watch is gonna be necessary for us to to at least even broach a first impressions of that because the name is too loaded yeah which and, means and that I, it's probably misleading and I don't, I don't i don't like people drawing me out like you got to work to draw me out you can't just yeah, say no third like grade baited, shit bro you can't just say no third grade shit and get a rise out of me bro you gotta work for that shit <laughs> it's like okay yes you're being edgy but why are you being edgy explain that to me true 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 nah you're right you're right it's definitely meant to be evocative you know what i mean and so so if that nigga is doing it for the, all the wrong reasons, you gonna get to you get the bust his ass when you're done. That's the that's the upside of that. All right, so yeah, we're gonna save that one. <laughs> you tried some wild shit. Got to do it right, nigga. Because, like I always say, there are plenty of templates of how to do that shit right. Feel me? Plenty of templates on how you're to right. be like ironically poke fun at America's blatant racism despite their not wanting to acknowledge it yeah that's there's absolutely ways to do it you're right do that a lot but there's also ways to really really fuck it up too all right so we're gonna definitely we gotta check up on invincible and i definitely want to talk about uh the the trailer for uh, yeah, american trailer it's just it, it, yo, the american about. society i'm like yo y'all niggas are doing too much it wasn't even like the league of extraordinary like magical negroes or something it's like putting american and negroes is like do y'all not understand the history of those two words being juxtapositioned to each other yeah but they do that's why we'll they see. put them together i know they got me man i'm so i'm so susceptible to well i shouldn't say i'm i'm so susceptible is that they are whatever they're trying to put forth I'm very alert to what they're doing. Yeah. You see, right. So you got to ask the question. It's like, yeah, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I <laughs> got to ask. You know what I'm saying? It's like they got the... Um, they got the, 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 the car battery hooked up to, to um, the... It's like one's already on one nipple and they're getting ready to put the other one on the other <laughs> nipple. You You're doing, like, yeah, what you, what's up with that? What are you doing, bro? What, what's happening? I know what happens when you put those two together. I need <sighs> to know where this is going. Because you know, I'm, I'm not okay with what's happening. Not at all. But and I'm it definitely seems not gonna a little let go wild to me, but I don't want to preemptively trip, uh, just in case that's right. just a prop battery or something. Just in case it's all a prank. Listen, this is the extent of my benefit of the doubt. <laughs> this is the extent of my benefit of the doubt. Stop what you're doing and tell me what's happening. What exactly, yo? Identify this entire situation. That, Everything that, that about is, it. That is a very apropos metaphor for how I felt. It's like I felt like I was getting set up, and I was like, "You yo, stop yo, right there!" What's going on right there? Yeah, what are you doing with you that? You stop right there. You are triggering the shit out of me, but I do not want to be that guy. You tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, no, you gotta explain yourself right now. <laughs> You're right. We'll check the trailer, uh, but yeah, here we'll, we'll we'll jump into one more topic before we head out. Um, dude, let me tell you, bro. I definitely want to, for myself at least. I don't know if other people have gotten back into this. But I want to bring back the word chuckle fucks. <laughs> it's a I, nice I want word to bring for back, sure. I, for myself and my own lexicon, I'm going to use the word chuckle fucks more, more frequently. Because there is no better word, I think, to describe the people in our Congress. My question to you is, what do you call a group of chuckle fucks? 
Well, see, I was already thinking that chuckle, chuckle fucks have to be plural because chuckle fuck sounds weird. Yes. Right? But what do you call the group? Like, like a murder of crows. Like, you crows. <laughs> but a group of them is called a murder. You know what I mean? I, the first thing that comes to mind is a gaggle. That's the a first word that I came up with. Absolutely. A gaggle, a gaggle of chuckle, of chuckle fucks. fucks. That is the most natural like yep. term for a group of chuckle fucks. Thank you. God, it's funny because I was talking with, with, with homeboy Josh and, and he was like, it's a misery of chuckle fucks. I was like, that is perfectly appropriate for when I'm referring to Congress. Congress, because of the octogenarian nature of Congress, I the misery like of misery. chuckle fucks fits perfectly. I, I like, gaggle is good when but they're misery. not doing anything fucked up, right? When they're just being like, um, like passively yes. or like ineptly like chuckle fucks but when they're being malicious fuck chuckle fucks they're a misery of chuckle fucks misery is absolutely apropos yeah it's too good it's too good but let me tell you that congress they're just they're they are complete clowns if it's not fucking bernie zanders taking a zionist turn as if that doesn't preclude any kind of progressive things like you can't claim to be i marched with martin luther king and then side with zionists like it's too starkly opposed for me to take you seriously anymore. you're a chuckle fuck <laughs> and that's the worst is because this is someone who i deeply believed in the only person i see really standing other than well rashida talib has 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 put fissures in her credibility for other things that she's done but Cory Bush has always stood ten toes down on the right side of pretty much everything that comes, and that's the worst part. Is is like it's Congress. It's not like they're hard decisions. These are things that you're legally mandated and have pretty clear regulation in place for to to, to guide your hand. You don't have to do a lot to be on the right side of things when you're in Congress. And the only person I see who is typically on the side of just legislating for the best interest of people in general is Cori Bush. And so, you know, she's the only one who I who I would exempt personally from the 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 misery of chuckle fucks that is Congress. But, you know, what really brought it to a head recently for me is um, you know, the president of the UAW, man, he's he's writing a series of W's. Now, my opinion, he might be writing a series of W's and battles to maybe a loss in the war, but nonetheless, you can't encounter him as anything other than a victorious general right now. And this man is in front of Congress giving his account of of how he feels moving forward. The industry, and this is the United Auto Workers Union, uh, should be interfacing with the corporations. And we have, you know, uh, 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 chuckle fuck number one, Senator Mullen literally devolving into nothing but disparagements and threats of violence and asking him to fight him on the Senate, on, on, the, on the Congress floor, literally me, threatening to fight him. Now, mind you, my money is on O'Brien all motherfucking day. Don't even get it twisted. This man, O'Brien, is, is a, a veteran of the labor force. He has put in physical work. This man is in no way a slouch. He is he's got endurance and I am sure that he has some hands. But even if he doesn't, he's got more than motherfucking 
posing on fucking Twitter with guns mumbling over here. Like, bro, you do know that when you pose with guns, no one thinks you have hands, right? Like, my guy, if you think that you're going to put your political career as ratification for why you think that you can fight this man versus his labor career, listen, knowing all things being equal, knowing nothing of these men's private life, my money's on O'Brien. Just saying. All to say, I'm kind of here for it. I kind of would have liked to see them fucking duke it out on the motherfucking Senate floor only to set the example of don't fucking do that. <laughs> because the only way you're going to get these asshats to not be performative in that manner is to beat the shit out of them on the Senate floor. And they're like, you know what? That was a bad idea on my part. That's the only way. Because this kind of performative bullshit, let me tell you, it's going to make clicks, which is going to make him feel empowered. And so... Honestly, if I feel like we've gotten so far into this peace-loving, passive society that, nah, you have to understand that, like, as long as we live in a material world, I can always punch you in the face. And if you threaten me, I should punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> you should not be able to ask to be punched in the face through threats, which I do believe is an explicit asking to be punched in the face. Asking to fight someone on the Senate floor is explicitly asking to be punched in the face. I believe that you should be met with a punch in the face. Then what do words mean? You know what I mean? Like, what, what are we doing here? If you don't have the decorum to fucking address what we're here for, I think you should get punched in the face. Otherwise, what is going to encourage you to do your job and not be performative? I'm asking you to, to act like a fucking... YouTube sensationalist, if there, if I removed all fucking consequence, material consequence, and it can't just be Bernie Sanders telling you, all right, sit down, we're on the Senate floor, cut it out. Because you know Bernie does his dad thing when he's over here trying to act like a fucking 18-year-old kid. Oh, sit down, we're on the Senate floor. Yeah, he, you could do that, but you're a senator and you should know better. Yeah, he scolded him. But, you know, honestly, I really think he should have got his ass beat. Because that's the only way that I... How else do you teach a child? When someone's acting like a child, how do you teach a child not to be <clears throat> boisterous in public and threaten people in public? They get their ass beat. You get punched in their face. Otherwise, we get what we see all the time, which is a bunch of loudmouth kids who yell in public and don't realize, oh, you know what? There's consequences for that. So when it, when it comes down to the misery of chuckle fucks in Congress, let them fight it out. Let him fight it out. This motherfucker was hearkening back to 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 a, a reference to when I think Sumner beat some dude's ass with his cane on the on the Congress floor, which is actually something that we teach in our schools, which is crazy. Which is crazy that in the sum of all the legislative uh, 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 decisions of our Congress, it is common knowledge that we used to fucking beat people with canes to get things passed in the back in the day. I mean, it's, Jim it's Jordan crazy. body slammed a reporter last year. Listen to me. Was it last year? Time we flies. are so close to the idiocracy, bro. We're so close. And we could keep talking about all kinds of... Like, the critique of that movie is so flaccid without ever acknowledging, like, yo, the president in that movie was a wrestler, and we had a president who was on WWE. Like, all right, guys, just keep being fucking stupid about it if you want. You know what I mean? Like, yo, guys, if we don't stop, if we don't recognize what's happening and stop it before it happens, we can only blame ourselves for not reading 
the obvious signs of the degradation of what's happening in our pol- in our political system in our society at large. But that's that's going to be it for us today. I hope you guys did enjoy the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on Anchor.fm or on Patreon.com. You can also find us on the social medias on Twitter at Kareem underscore T and at Home Heron. You can also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.